You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. Time to you and we invite you to do all that you want to do in each of our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. That's including mine. So when I was praying about this conference, God, God told me, tell them how much I love them. Do you know that you're beloved? You know, because I've, I've, I've personally had a hard time sometimes being, you know, listening to somebody who said, yeah, I love you and you're good and you're amazing. Um, how, how are you at receiving? Do you know that you're immeasurable and wonderful, how immeasurable, how wonderful his love is? I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly amazing, and I think that we don't always really get to grasp how high, how high, how deep, how wide his love is. And, and do you know that you are greatly valued, deeply loved, richly treasured, and God's heart to you, towards you, is unending love? I want to start with this because I want to start from a base of God's love. Because everything begins and ends with God's love. So when we called, uh, we talked about the conference and we, um, Jay came up with this idea of wild, strong and free and she asked each one of us to sort of come up with, a, with something that we resonated with. So um, I resonated with unbreakable, which is also strong. And I... I see right from very young age, actually, that there was kind of an assignment to break me. And right from, actually, in the mother's womb, my mother had to be on bed rest because she was so sick and uh, I was not meant to be, I was not meant to survive. If I survived, I was going to be severely, physically and intellectually handicapped. Today, I probably would have been, you know, the doctor would have been suggesting termination. But my mother said, no, I believe that if, if this, um, if the, the God's given me this baby. And so um, the doctor said, well, Mrs. Irving, um, let's, that's my maiden name. <laughs> A lot easier than hook and dyke to spell. <laughs> Um, well, Mrs. Irving, uh, perhaps you, uh, you know, if, the, if this baby is meant to be, it's, it's going to be. And so I was born three weeks overdue, like all my babies were. It's like, what the heck? Um, and, well, you know, my kids would argue whether I'm <laughs> normal or not. <laughs> but right through, uh, there's been many times where I feel that there's been, uh, the enemy's tried to take me out, out through um, car accidents, through nearly dying in India. Uh, through multiple illnesses and uh, different situations, and yet here I am. Wow. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's just been pick yourself up and just keep going, even when it hasn't felt like it. Um, well, that was a good wee sidetrack. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to speak today on being strong and uh, I'm going to define strong in a different way um, if we look at the de definition uh, we've got the who got the wee wrist bracelets yeah I got unbreakable yeah I'm standing on that promise um, and it's strong is able to withstand force, pressure or wear, secure, well-built, indestructible, well-fortified, well-defended, well-protected. Can you read that? Impregnable, impenetrable, inviolable, unassailable, solid, durable, hard-wearing, heavy-duty, tough, sturdy, well-made, substantial, solid, rugged, resistant, resilient, imperishable, indestructible, long-lasting, enduring. Come on. Now, how many of us want those qualities in our lives? And how many of us know that actually that requires something of us? 
And actually, most of us kind of feel more like, you know, helpless, impotent, insignificant, little, powerless, unimportant, invisible, weak, ineffective, uncompelling, unstable, unsteady, weak, need, wishy-washy, self-doubting, fragile. Does that resonate with anybody out there? Or is it just me? (laughs) Throughout history, we've seen a, a number of women who have... Uh, majorly stood up and been very strong. They've been women of substance, substance and significance. And one of my favourites is is not someone from the Bible, although I've got many biblical heroes, but one of my first favourites is um, a woman called Bodicea. Now, I've always had a bit of a fascination with people with red hair. I don't know, it's a bit of a weird thing. But (laughs) I always liked her. Now, she was like six foot tall, long, red flowing locks, apparently a very very raspy voice, quite a distinct voice. And she ended up um, the queen of uh, part of England in the first century um, after her husband was annihilated. So she came to power because through adversity, and she ended up uh, going, taking on the Romans and trying to oust them out of her part. Um, she was finally defeated um, and the Romans took back the land that they took. But she stood up and was an incredible voice even after she was publicly flogged. She lost her husband and her daughters were raped. Uh, you know, uh, that's a woman who stood up under adversity she didn't have a man standing with her. She had to just do it. Both Queen Elizabeth and Queen Victoria referenced her as proof of the strength of warrior queens and a warning that they were not to be messed with. I like that. Yeah. There's been other people throughout history. Corrie ten Boom, who just risked her life to hide the Jews in, in Holland. Joan of Arc, who took on, you know... Uh, what she did uh, as a prophet and a military leader and helped establish France as a nation... Um, We've got Florence Nightingale who opposed her family who didn't want her to be a nurse because that wasn't, that was beneath her class at the time. And she went on to be a a world changer in the the area of nursing. And uh, she overcame lots of difficulties nursing in the Crimean War as a woman in terrible conditions. And she said this, I think one's feelings waste themselves in words. They ought all to be distilled into actions which bring results. Rosa Parks, who refused to move out of her seat on the bus and sparked calls for racial equality in America. And can you imagine what it was? Can you imagine the weight that came against her uh, to, to do that. It would have been outrageous for her to just stay in that seat. And she says, I've learned over the years that when one's mind is made up, this diminishes fear. Knowing what must be done does away with fear. So she's fully persuaded that she had the right position. And Marie Curie, who of course we can thank for the x-rays, um, she said, nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Aung San Suu Kyi, who's making the news at the moment, um, she's the, the leader. She was spent 15 years in house arrest in Myanmar and uh, finally came to, uh, came to power. Um, and she says, the only reason prison is fear, the only real prison is fear, and the only real freedom is freedom from fear. So we've got, you know, Emmeline Pankhurst who pursued equality with the rights of women and, and many others. Um, Elizabeth I, I like. I know I have a body of a weak and feeble woman, but I have the heart and stomach of a king and a king of England as well. <laughs> and then we've got Queen Victoria who overcame the odds. She, she had the biggest empire that has ever existed. You know, the sun never set on the British Empire. And... Uh, she did that while still being a mother of nine. We. Oh, oui. All of these women had obstacles. All of them had, to quote Jay, had robes taken off them 
for one reason or another. And they certainly didn't have an easy road. And most of them had to develop unbreakable traits, just as we mentioned. So they didn't go into the job being unbreakable. They had to develop that over time and just by continuing to turn up. And many of us, we get into situations and we think that they're going to break us. But actually, you're a lot more resilient than you think. Interesting, um, nearly all of those women referenced fear as the biggest obstacle. So do you know that like these women, you are destined for greatness? And did you know that you're already great in God's eyes? Did you know that you already have been given an A+. Plus. An A+, plus, not a B, an A+. Plus. I think it's pretty phenomenal that God says that to us. But the problem is, is that most of us don't feel like an A+. Plus. Maybe you do. I'm sure Mylene does. I'm sure Jay does, Right? Because knowing is one thing, perceiving is another. Sometimes we feel that life's restrictions come up against us, and sometimes our mindsets are what trip us up, and perhaps we just don't have the right insight to see things as they really are. And some of this is because we don't fully understand who we are. And the Bible says we are inheritors of the divine kingdom and we're made for kingdom purposes and yet so few of us really walk in all that God has called us to. And, you know, what, what God essentially has done was, you know, Jesus dying on the cross is he's given us a check and we need to cash the check. The check is in our possession, but we need to actually go and check it. We actually need to go and cash it. So we can use it. God is calling us to arise in purpose, to become giant slayers, and to rise to the challenge of walking in all that He has already paid the price for. God loves women. Wow. You're all women in here. You should be shouting out, Hallelujah! <laughs> He's spoken so clearly to women. You know, women were the first people that he, who saw him after he was resurrected. What a privilege. What an honor. And we have a few counts of women who have been strong in God's strength. And I'm going to call that kingdom strong because it's different to what the world says is strength. And the world says strength is dominating and overpowering and grabbing and controlling. But strength in God looks different. And we look at Abigail who intervened with her family and Hannah who was distressed about her life and wasn't able to get pregnant and sought God and after being blessed gave birth to Samuel who grew up to be the voice of the Lord. Moses' mother who risked her life by disobeying Pharaoh's decree to, to, to kill every Hebrew boy. Can you imagine in that period that you've just given birth to a boy? I remember, I remember thinking this when I had my first son, thinking, can you imagine the fear that there would have been, you know, if your prime minister said, like, we're going to kill every boy under two, and you'd just given birth to a, to a boy? Ugh. We're carriers of divine pur- purpose, and we honour our creator when we recognise and receive what he has formed in us and release all he intends to come out through our lives. So who do you think you are? That question's already been asked. Why don't you ask your neighbour, who do you think you are? 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 (laughs) 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. says, there are many different ways by which we may seek to understand the human being. Biology, sociology, and psychology give us windows into the mystery that we are, but the biblical story gives us the most foundational insight that we are creatures made in God's image and we are loved and cherished by him. So women tend to wear a whole lot of hats, you know, there's, we've got different roles, we're moms, we're daughters, we're... we're, we're we're aunties, we're workers, we're colleagues. Um, but there's only one thing that's really important, and that's who God says that we are. And who does God say that you are? <laughs> what is our true identity? Because he says that we're made in his image. That we're made in the image of the creator of the universe. We can't even really fathom that. Um, He calls us daughter. He calls us beloved. And we've got every reason to be secure in our identity with him. And to know that we're valued and made in God's image, we all reflect the gift of God that lies within us. So God created women to display his image and carry his glory. And I said to this in Christchurch, you know, we as women carry his image and his glory in a way that no man can. Mm, I'm really tempted. I'm really tempted. Um, You know, for generations, we have not really had the voice of women. We've been silenced. To, to a bit of a degree. And so how can the church function fully with only 50% of his glory and his image being represented? Women arise and take our place. And that's not to be militant. It's to come with humility and honoring one another. God's put something really good inside of each one of us. It's an overcoming faith. So something will stop us reaching our destiny. Have you ever felt like that? You've been given a promise. And it's like, oh, man. But then all hell breaks loose. You know, the very next day, You've been in church and you've had this prophetic word, hallelujah, man, yeah, that's me, I take that. And then the next day, (sighs) has anybody had that? Oh, come on. Yeah, reality is life is full of challenges and obstacles, isn't it? And sometimes it feels like problems just come out of nowhere and trying to deal with our problems can become exhausting. And we have to learn how to overcome Are you facing things that you feel like you're sinking beneath today? Did you know that problems are a passport to take us where God wants us to go? And did you know that learning to overcome your problem can push you to where you were always destined to go? And the making of a man or a woman is not in the promise, it's in the process. So if you're in process right now, you're also in promise. So you might feel like, man, I'm just not reaching it. I had this prophetic word when I was 13 and, and, and God said I was going to do this and I was going to be here and there and, and, and now I'm 35 and still nothing much. And yet God is saying, the promise is still real. You're in process the process is what makes a person, not the promise. So the enemy wants to use our problems to crush us, and the Lord wants to use our problems to promote us. It's important that we are then driven by God's promises, not our problems. So instead of looking at our problems, we look at the promises and we stand on them and we speak them out. And there are times we need faith to face, confront, and stare down our problems. Sometimes we need to just look them straight in the eye and say, you're not going to defeat me. 
And sometimes it's oh, scary, you know, that's, 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 you know, I can't, I'm, I'm, I, I, it's just overpowering me, it's overwhelming me. But God's word says, you steer it down. You're strong in the strength that he gives you. There are giants in our lives that seek to overpower us and taunt us. And strong people are those who have learnt to confront the giants and they've become giant slayers and built up resilience over time. It doesn't just happen. You know, it's like, like learning to walk. Our bodies can't carry, our, our legs can't carry the weight of our bodies until we build up that strength. We can't run until we've built up that strength over time. If we, if we try and do it straight out, you know, it, it just doesn't work because we haven't got the strength to support the system. And when we, when we look at David, who was a giant slayer, David, Goliath wasn't the first giant that David slayed. Before that, he'd been in this process and he'd already killed a bear and he'd already killed a lion. So when he came to face Goliath, um, He'd already, he already knew what it was to be an overcomer. So it's easy to look at people sometimes and not fully appreciate the fights they've already fought to give them the strength that they already possess. You know, uh, yeah, I've had this wee conversation going on with someone close to me and they say, oh man, so-and-so, they've got the perfect family and the perfect kids and oh, they just got this charmed life, and everything goes well in their life. And kind of like, oh, 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 oh. no, nobody's got a charmed life, and everybody's got battles to fight. Everybody in this room has got challenges to overcome. All of us, every single one of us, and every single one of us are in that process of learning to overcome. Many battles we fight are those in our own mind. Yeah. And when praying for this conference, the, the verse that God gave me was uh, 3 John 1 verse 2, which is the one that was on the video. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and to be in health just as your soul prospers. And so for me, health is a, wellness is a really important thing. I've... I've over many years now, being in ministry, what I've seen is that uh, if there is not health in every aspect of people's lives, they will trip up. And I think as Christians, sometimes that we have focused on our spiritual health. Oh, let's just, you know, get really healthy spiritually, and we neglect our physical health, and we neglect our social health, and we neglect our mental and emotional health. Now, mental and emotional health is not really talked about enough, in my opinion, or physical health in churches. And I think that we need to reclaim that land, that land because it's very important. Um, the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All aspects. We can't slay giants if we're not fit. Whatever aspect of life. So we also need to know what battles we are called to fight. And sometimes the giants in our lives are a matter of perspective. We're just going to watch a short video. So that's the thing with perspective, you know, when we're looking at our problems with perspective, you know, sometimes we, if we see them from one angle, 
they look like what we've just seen on the screen. And sometimes, actually, we need to move our position to get a different perspective on our problems and uh, whatever is happening in our life to just move. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're getting stuck in an area, move your position so you can see things from a different place. The other thing is that we can make assumptions and we think that we know what's really going on in a situation, but actually we might not. How many times have you been in a situation where you've assumed relationally that somebody has said one thing and meant something and actually they haven't? In your relationships, how often do you check your assumptions? How often do you check with the person, did you actually mean that? Because, you know, that didn't actually feel very good and oh, no, I didn't mean that at all. I actually, no, I meant this. Really? Because from where I was sitting, it looked like, no, oh, I'm so sorry. Because actually if we learn to check our, check our assumptions, because um, weird stuff happens in our heads. <laughs> or is it just my head? <laughs> Have you ever made an assumption and, and then when you've heard it from another viewpoint that you've realised that you were wrong? It's really easy to misinterpret and misconstrue situations, isn't it? And the other thing that we can do relationally was, was, um, is that we can project. And what's projection? Projection is when you look at me, for example, because often it happens with people who are in leadership roles, your boss, you know, some kind of authority sort of situation. And you look at me and you think, man, I don't like her. She's just exactly like my teacher when I was 10. And I just couldn't stand her. And she, she was really mean to me. So look at that. She's just like her. Just like her. But I'm not. Because you, you haven't got to know me, but we can do that. Have you ever done that? Have you ever met someone and you think, man, they remind me of that person I couldn't stand? Yeah. Mistakenly ascribing to another a quality, motivation, or attitude that rightly belongs only with you. <laughs> And the more hostile or defensive one is, the more likely one is to misinterpret and misconstrue, projecting onto another. The other thing that we do is we compare. <sighs> Who do you compare yourself with? Do you compare favorably? Actually, comparison is such a dangerous thing. It's such a dangerous thing. And I just want to say that strong women, because we need to stick together, strong women empower each other and they lift each other up. They don't come in a spirit of competition, which ultimately comes from a place of orphan spirit. And as we don't really understand what God has everything for us. So are you up for a wee game? I need 10 volunteers. Come on. I need you up here on stage. Come on, where's all the brave ones? Some of you down the back, you need to come. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Can we have one of the guys? Marcus. You're in the room. Jesse. Come on, Jesse. I see that hiding. <laughs> okay, we only need 10. <laughs> All right. Okay, so apart from you, you're going to watch me. The rest of you, turn and face that wall, please. That's awesome. Now, no peeking. You just stay there until you're tapped on the shoulder, all right?
Okay, we're going to just do a wee, a, a wee exercise, all right? Well, I have to say that the Aussies, with the exception of Crystal, <laughs> did a much better job than the Kiwis. Well done. <laughs> okay, you can have a seat. <laughs> so what, what the poor girls at the e other end didn't get was like, we drew, we drew a picture of a, of a mirror and then we put face cream on. And then we put mascara on and then we put lipstick on and then we sprayed with perfume. And then we did our hair, and then we ended up with, ta-da. What did you learn from watching that? <laughs> so, so all of us are, are you know, we can get lost in translation, can't we? 
And our, and our interpersonal communication can get lost in translation. And it's not just our interpersonal translation. It can be also Bible translation. We can put our own take on things and, and come up t- to conclusions that God never actually intended. So we need to just be really careful that we're getting things from the source in all our relationships. I'm just going to show you another quick uh, video. Man, this turkey sandwich is so good. I'm so glad we came here. I know the food is always good here, and it's a great value too. Yeah, it is. Man, you guys are always so positive. It's really great. I know some people that are negative, and they can't see anything good in anything, and people like that are just not very pleasant to be around. You guys, I'm right here. What? I said I'm right here. You guys are talking about me like I'm not here, but I am, and I don't like what you're saying about me. Jeremy, I don't think she was referring to you. Oh, how could she not be? You guys know how much I hate sandwiches and love being negative. I didn't know you hated sandwiches. Why do you think I'm eating soup, Stephen? It's like 100 degrees outside. Guess that makes sense. Look, Jeremy, I wasn't referring to you, really. You promise? I promise. I'm sorry, guys. I just got out of hand there, you know? I don't want to be that guy, you know, who's so prideful and unwilling to back down and probably pops her collar. Guys, I'm right here. Jason, I didn't mean you. Look, I can't help it that I'm better and more confident in everything than you guys. And sure, I'm physically built as if Michelangelo chiseled me from stone. But don't put that on me. Okay, so you're a little cocky. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, so the truth comes out. You know what? Most of the time, I'm just acting confident to cover up my insecurities because I don't want to be the guy who's overly sensitive about everything. (laughs) I am right here. Do we know you? You don't even know me. You've been coming here for 10 years and I have all of your birthdays memorized. Happy birthday. We forgot about my birthday. I know. It's not like we didn't notice you. You're clearly not the kind of person we'd all forget. I'm right here. Oh, jeez. How long have you been there? I gave all of you guys a ride here. I remember being driven here by a faceless orb. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, I was voted most forgettable in my high school. Didn't end up in the yearbook. But at least I'm not one of those people who steals food from other people's plates. James, Adam's right here. (laughs) Guys, we gotta get out of here. The movie starts in 15 minutes. Yeah, Yeah, it looks like we're gonna have to take Main Street. The cops just shut down the freeway because they're looking for a homicidal maniac. (laughs) You guys, I'm right here. (laughs) Thanks for watching, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> How often do we get offended? Um, and offence is such a—it's—it's it's such an obstacle for our growth. It's such an obstacle for our relationships. You know, we, when we get into offence, um, it just goes pear-shaped. And so, I'd say to you, why choose negativity when joy is an option? There are other times that we can feel overwhelmed, we can feel entitled. Um, Unforgiveness can be a really big issue in our lives. And um, unforgiveness is the the one place where we drink poison and we think that the other person's going to die. And so the other areas is that we can feel rejected. Um, I just would say to you, don't worry if people don't like you because they probably don't really like themselves. If you know God loves you, it doesn't really matter who doesn't love you. We can feel afraid. And that was featuring big time in uh, all those famous women, you know. They conquered fear. What fear do you have in your life? Why don't you try writing it down and realize that most of your fears don't come true? 
And what about facing your fear down and do it anyway? Fear the, feel the fear and do it anyway. And be curious. Be curious about what's behind the fear. Find out what is the root in your life. What is, what is, sometimes we are fearful of things uh, which are actually not in the present. They're echoes of things that have happened to us in the past. And we become fearful because it looks like, smells like, feels like something that happened in the past, but it's actually not. So learn to steer down your fears. Fear in our lives reveals the degree of how much we don't know we are loved. So perfect love casts out fear. And you can't love a God that you don't believe is good all the time. That's why theology matters. If you think theology doesn't matter, it really matters. Because that's where we live from, understanding good theology. What about the true nature of giants in our lives? They might have many faces. What giant is it that you're facing this afternoon, this morning? There are people in this room who've gone through circumstances that have brought much sorrow and grief. And you've had to face situations that are overwhelming. And maybe the loss of someone close through death or breakdown of relationship. Maybe it's through your own illness. Maybe it's through financial or career challenges. What is your giant today? Because the Bible would say to you, there is no problem, it's too big. We get bigger on the inside when we learn nothing is going to defeat our faith. So for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And the challenge you face will not overcome you. You will overcome it. Your misery can become your mission. Your complaint can become your calling. I, I listen very carefully now when people come up to me complaining. Because I often will hear something that behind the, the complaint is a passion. And sometimes the thing that really bugs you is perhaps the area that God is calling you into. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Your complaint can be your calling. I've, you know, Gideon and I, we, we, we're not great pastors. We have many gifts and abilities, but we're not great shepherds, if I can put it that way. And they're all laughing. <laughs> and from time to time, I've had people come up and say, there's no pastoral care in this place. There, there is, there is, but, you know. Um, but when I listen, at, at first I used to get offended because I used to think, yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. You can come and have prayer. There's, we have sozo ministries. We've got um, ministry that can bring you a meal if you've had a baby or sick or something like that. We send flowers if somebody died. I mean, this pastoral care, what are you expecting? <laughs> what are you expecting? But their expectations are unmet because they have a heart for pastoral care. And actually, instead of complaining to me, who kind of sucks at it, they should be doing it. What area of life are you complaining about that perhaps you have the answer to? She's laughing. Your place of pain can become your place of power. Whatever has been the area of weakness in your life, as we invite God into the situation, he is able to empower us. And the very things that have, become our, that have been our weakness can become our place of power because we're walking in his strength. We're no longer trying to do things in his strength, in, in our own strength, but we're doing it in his strength. And I can't let um, the conference go without quoting Proverbs 31. Uh, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at a time to come. 
you laughing at the future or you're in fear and trepidation? We can laugh at our problems, you know, because that's what the Bible says. You know, I didn't say that. I'm not being glib. I'm not being shallow. God says to laugh over our problems. Because actually, laughter changes us. I'd studied um, psychology at university. And one of the, one of the things that they, they told us is that actually when we pull our faces up to a smile, it, affects our, it, it impacts our feelings. Did you know that? It's actually documented science that if you smile, you're going to feel better at life. So next time you're feeling miserable... Why don't you try, practice smiling, practice laughing? Right. Mylene's awesome at it. She goes, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> so when shaking comes, you can say, I am unmovable. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So whatever the battle is that you're facing, don't lose heart, guys. We're part of an unbreakable covenant with unbreakable promises and an unbreakable kingdom that goes from glory to glory. And you guys are all going from glory to glory too. His word says, He will not break a bruised reed. He is the strength of your life. And those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength and mount up with wings of eagles. His promises are always yes and amen. He purposes good for you. And he wants to favor you. Favor is not for privilege. That's been used, misused. Favor is for purpose. Our wealth is in the cross, and we're not going to be defined by anyone or anything other than Christ. He is our strong tower, our place of refuge. Sow your pain and receive this promise. In Isaiah 61, it says, For your former shame, pain, and disgrace, I will give you double recompense. We get stuck in life, and change can be hard. Who wants change? Who wants to change? Who wants to lead change? Where'd they go? (laughs) Someone said, have a clean mind by changing it regularly. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) How? We don't talk constantly about our problems. We speak to our problems. We don't speak out of defeat or disaster. We speak out of hope. David's enemy was taunting him, but David spoke to his enemy. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Well, that'd be pretty intimidating for, you know, if, you're, you know, if you're five foot something and you're speaking to a seven foot giant fully clad in his armor. How intimidating would that be? What's intimidating you in your life? What do you need to speak to? Because David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'll strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. He uses words back at him that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Start to speak over your problems in life. In the name of Jesus, quoting scripture. Quote scripture. The The Bible is primarily a book of identity, not behavior. Okay? Declare your identity and prophesy over your identity. Change your speech from I feel pain to you are the one who heals me. From I feel afraid to you fill me with boldness. If heaven is for me, no force of hell is going to hold me back. And yet I totally trust you to rescue me, Psalm 27. One more time so that I can see once again how good you are while I'm still alive. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave, courageous, and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting, for he will never disappoint you. Never. 
Just when the caterpillar thought the world was over, it became a butterfly. Your becoming is key to your overcoming. Don't give up. Give in to your true identity. And so above all else, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Know your worth. I'm not who I feel I am. Your feelings can lie to you people. And we tend to, we can, you know, predominantly, I don't like stereotyping, but women are quite good at living on feelings. Learn to realize your feelings can lie to you. Faith takes us beyond self-security and we will fail, but failure is part of the road to significance. And failing doesn't make us a failure. If you've failed in your life, that doesn't make you a failure. It just means that you've failed. Pick yourself up and say, I'm going to do it different next time. Strong people are convinced they are who God says they are. Strong people have vision. Strong people have developed strengths through adversity and they don't isolate themselves. They understand the importance of community. They overcome fear with love. They combat pride with humility. There's no spirit of comparison but collaboration, competition but cooperation. They've swapped unforgiveness for grace and mercy. Strong people choose kindness over being right. It takes a lot of humility to be kind rather than right. How many times? Oh, but, 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 but. Do you ever do that? Oh. I like being right. I like being right. And sometimes at any cost, but you know. It just doesn't work. Because if you want to be right, if you put being right over the valuing your relationships, go ahead. I'm going to finish here now because I think I've run out of time. But I just want to finish with the thought that we are destined to overcome. Whatever it is you're facing, through perseverance, through persistence, through waiting on God, you can be the overcomer that you long to be. You can see change in your situation. There is hope. There is always hope. There is always hope in God. Just going to finish with this video. Graham Cook says it so well. There is a level of wonder that God wants to thrust us into so that we really understand the kingdom and what it's about. And please, could we just, even for 10 minutes, get free of the shackles of the world around us and understand the depth and the power of the kingdom that is within us. You cannot be in Jesus and be ordinary. It's just not allowed. I am kingdom strong because God can overcome everything. I am kingdom strong because I make peace a priority. Because real love seeks no reward for loving. Because God's compassion is always greater than our sin. Because my destiny is assured, full of promise and hope. Because I want the presence of God more than the power of God. Because the only weight we should feel is the weight of God's majesty. Because we are a visual aid to what God is really like. Because I want to live the right way before God. Because I have permission to think from abundance rather than toward it. Because I don't focus on the problems, I focus on the possibilities. Because every choice, big and small, has the power to shape my future. 
Because victory comes from a will submitted to God's greatness. Because mercy triumphs over judgment. Because I'm becoming everything I was made to be. Because I want to be an ambassador for God's goodness. I am kingdom strong because everything in Christ is yes and amen. With all my heart, I want to see this glorious bride of Jesus emerge. In all of her beauty, all of her power, all of her permission to emerge in the earth. To see what a church that really is a kingdom community in a city could actually do in that city. If it came together in the beauty of Jesus, in the fullness of God, if we practiced even being the household of God together in that community, what could we do? I don't believe there's a power that could stand against us. I am kingdom strong because the future is stronger than the present. Know who you are, that is, know whose you are. Let's just pray together. Thank you, Jesus, that you have said that we are your daughters, that we are the beloved, that we are made in your image. Thank you that you say, your word says, that we can come to you whenever we're not knowing what to do and we can come and ask for wisdom, we can come and ask for strength and that you will give it to us. You are not a mean dad. When we ask for bread, you're not going to give us a stone. But you honour us in the body. We are your bride. And you're wanting to make us strong, spotless, blameless in your eyes. Lord, I just want to pray for people in this, this room here who are feeling overwhelmed in life and facing giants. Lord, I want to pray that you would just be front and center, that those who don't know what to do in different situations, they would come, they would put aside unhealthy mindsets and they would put on the robe of righteousness. They would put on the robes of your goodness and your glory and that your goodness and your glory would be manifest in their lives. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us so much. Amen. Yeah, come on, stand up. Give her a good round of applause. It's good. Do you know, I think one of the most important things that we can do as a people is to honour each other. We really need to honour Catherine today. It's really great. You know, I grabbed... Um, I'm sorry, I'm just going to make you stand here for a minute. I grabbed um, something today. I'll show you what it is in a minute. Out of my cupboard. You can just sit down for two secs. And I just asked God... I just felt to grab this, and I felt like it was for someone today. Um, and I actually feel like it's for you. That is golden salt. It's golden salt. And just as um, Catherine was preaching, I just had Matthew 5 come to mind. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And I just get the sense today that what you've instilled into our lives is like salt. Really, in the, in the magnitude of our lives, what you've imparted is like so small. But salt 
can completely change the flavour of something. And so not only that, this salt is gold. And gold to me represents heaven. Today, seeds have been implanted from heaven. And they will forever change the course of your life if you allow it to change the flavour of your world. You know, these, um, these messages we're going to make available, as long as the recordings went well, on podcasts for free. So you'll be able to listen to them over and over again. And I really encourage you to come back to Catherine's whenever you are feeling like your strength has gone. Because this word will change the flavour of your life. I haven't got one to give everybody. I would actually love to give all of you gold salt. And if you ever find it, buy one. And as you put salt over your food, just remember the impact you can have, the heavenly impact you can have. And it doesn't take a lot. It just takes just a little bit. I love you and I'm so grateful for what you've done today. This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.